And a very good evening, folks. You're welcome here live to Tinryland GFC Clubhouse. We are up for the match. We are, of course, building up to the weekend's county finals. We have senior finals, intermediate finals, junior A finals, junior B finals. And uh, we have strong representation from uh, the clubs here. Uh, we want to give a shout out to the sponsors for the championship so far. Uh, Seamus Porn Electrical, your go-to for floodlights. I see a few in attendance here as well. Thanks a million. Well, we see you here in the flesh because we haven't seen you so far during the championship. But uh, I hope we're doing an all right job. You haven't given out to us yet anyway. Seamus Porn Electrical, Scats Bouncing Castles, Fine Framers, The Barber's Barbershop. Recovery Hub in Carlo, J&J Services, Milano's Takeaway and Badenstown Carpenters Bar and Lounge, Ray Whelan Limited, Precision Media Productions, and we'll give a shout out to Brendan Joyce here this evening as well of uh, Barrow Vision Studios. So we're going to kick things off by uh, looking at all things senior, and we do have a novel enough encounter, of course, on Sunday with the meeting of Tin Ryland and Palatine. 1951, I think, is the year they last met in a, in a final, which is uh, not today or yesterday. Not too many people would have thought at the start of the year, but here we are. It's county final time. It's Palatine versus Tin Ryland. We're going to start off with uh, Bernard Mullen, chairman of uh, Tin Ryland, who's going to have a chat with us. Bernard, uh, we'll be honest with everyone, the last few days have been fairly hectic. You have a county final to prepare for, but this in itself was fairly hectic. So you've even lost your hair over it. I have, Kev. Yeah. I'm switched on here. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Loud yeah, and clear. We're good to go. Uh, yeah, no, the hair went about two weeks ago. So they, you know, <laughs> getting ready for the semi final and that. Uh, probably before I talk to you much, I just want to say welcome to all of the clubs here tonight. And uh, just a small medical procedure I need to, because I know you had problems at the semi-final and all that. And, uh, you know, you struggled with Tin Ryland's game and all of that. So, just for the weekend, <laughs> so that everything is all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Anybody that needs Panadol at the semi-final of a match, you're not watching the right game. Ah, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> Nor <laughs> Northern Express could have been needed the other day, I think, but yeah. we'll take the power seat mall anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, did take the power seat mall at half-time the other day, no joke, but uh, it wasn't entirely football related, it was just 80%. Yeah. Um, anyway, so talk to me about this, right? This is this is a big deal, obviously, for uh, for the Island and Palatine and for all the clubs uh, across the county finals this weekend, but, uh, like... You couldn't have scripted this, like, an all-parish affair, big, big rivals, good communication lines, obviously, but both teams just want to win this desperately. No, look, at, we could have said, yeah, it'd be great to get the county champions. It's always good to turn over Air Rogue. But if you're going to win a county final, you want it against your nearest and biggest rivals. You know, it's, it's, it's a great rivalry. Someone said we're a bit like Celtic and Rangers. I don't think it's very accurate because, you know... The PAL people are among us. We're among them. You know, it, it's a lovely, healthy rivalry. You know, and at the start of the year, there was a few of us around the bar, and we said, you know, if only. And we said, PAL. That's the one we want. You know, genuinely, it was PAL. Mm. You know, because when we win Sunday, that's the one that'll mean the most. Be Jesus. There's confidence for you. There's confidence for you, right? Um, I'm sure Pal are saying the same thing. We'll be chatting to Nicky Parrell now in a while as well, and we'll see, we'll see what the crack is Well, there. I'd be disappointed if Nicky came up here as a Kikenny man and said that Pal wouldn't win either. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the gauntlet laid down. Um, like, 2011 was the last time, as I said, Tin Island were in, were in a final. Um, and I suppose at one particular stage, and we'll chat to a few lads that were 
of that vintage, I suppose, in, in, a, in a few minutes' time. Yeah. Can I win regularly in finals? And if you go back before 2011, I think it was 92 or something like that. So, like, it's a case of trying to strike while the iron is hot here, isn't it? Absolutely it is. But I think anybody that's been watching the championship this year, you know, there's always been a feeling that this is there for anybody that wants to step up. You have two teams next Sunday, neither of them have been beaten. They're the two teams that stepped up. You know, that's the difference. Tradition is great, and like Steve has probably said to you, I think I've seen it on so many podcasts now, he based all his stuff on science, not tradition, all of this stuff. It means nothing when you go out there Sunday, like, until we get the job done. We're no, really no further on than we have in the last 40 year, 40 odd year, whatever it is. You know, for me, and for everyone involved in the club at the minute, it's been about getting ready this week, seeing the transformation in the village, being in the school, seeing blue and white instead of always seeing red and white, you know. And I'm sure it's the same for Nicky and the boys over the other side of the parish, you know. And it's great, like, you know, two new teams, there'll be a new name on the cup next week. It won't be going back retained by the so-called strong powers all mm. the time. So, no, from that side of it, it is absolutely great. But it's the build-up over since that final semi-final whistle went, you know. You know, from then on, it's been, and I'm sure it's the same for all the lads that's here tonight at all the other grades, let it be from junior B the whole way up. You know, when that final goes in the semi, when that whistle goes in the semi-final, that's when you say, finally we're there, now we start preparing. We would have liked more time, but it is what it is, we'll take it. From the stats point of view, right, when I was chatting to Steve the other day, I put, I put the fair question out there, some people probably wouldn't ask it, right, but I said, what do you say to people who say analytics are a load of shit? I'm sure a lot of people in Thin Ireland were coming to Barnard Wall and the chairperson and saying, last year, when things mightn't have been going so well, uh, numbers, this, this, if you can't put the ball over the bar. Now, Steve is obsessed with, with numbers and he's in the county final. Where, where, where are you on this and, and how much did you have to listen to over the last couple of years? And I'm sure there's a few lads here I might give out to you as well, but I don't think they mind too much now that Thin Ireland are back in the final. Listen, Kev, the reason I have this job is sometimes I'm as deaf as a beetle. I hear nothing. When I met Steve, I knew straight away talking to him, this is what's needed to change things in Ireland. We've had great in-house people. We've had other people from around as well have a go-ahead. And it just never quite clicked. Mm. From first training session till tomorrow night, the lads are out there, the harmony, everything is different. You can, you can almost taste it, you know. Mm. And that's why, you know, it's going into a county final Sunday, stats or superstition, doesn't matter what it is. It's like a young kid going to school with all his homework done. The teacher can be in the worst humour ever. We don't care. You don't care. End of story. So I know you know you probably had to take a few of these yourself during the week, right? Uh, there's still a few days to go, but uh, most of the bits and bobs are, are tied up, I'd imagine, by now. Yes, they are. You know, you're down to... You know, a few more buntings, people looking for flags, you know, things you never think of, you know. Have you any more bunting? They're inside in the bar, I don't know if it's a bar or a, uh, some kind of a clothes shop in there with stuff. Do you know what? If you had asked us a year ago, you know, we'd have taken your hand off for this kind of pressure, you know. Mm. This is what it's all about. And, and I guarantee you it's the same for everyone else here tonight. They'll tell you the exact same. You know, it's no different in Fenner, it's no different in Michel, Lachlan, you know. It's, it's what brings the buzz. This is what we're all about. Mm. We're, we're GAA people and, you know, that's what we do, you know, and we don't mind working. Like, you see our signs around, we're blessed with the sponsors we have, you know, it, 
it's one family with a couple of different versions of a name, but it's the same heartbeat that looks after us, and it's the same in Fennes, the same everywhere, you know. So mm -hmm. it's what the GA is about. Good stuff. Bernard, thanks a million. You've been very good to me over the last few days, and uh, if people understood half of the work that went into getting this together at three days, no, it's, that's, it's more than that fucking stuff you'd want. But anyway, Bernard Mullen, thanks a million. We give yeah, a nice big round of applause, ladies and gents. Right, we're going, we're going to see what's happening from the Palatine side of things. Nicky Parrell is, is in attendance and he's going to call up to us here for a, for a quick chat. And <laughs> Nicky, how's things with you, boy? Not too bad at all. Uh, last final one, 2016, was it? 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We won in 15 and 16. Yeah, it was a, it was a great period for, for Palatine. Uh, I suppose since then, a very good Aero team. Um, I suppose scuppered many a challenge for, for many a club, but uh, no different than Ireland at the start of the year. Pal weren't really on anyone's radar, being honest about it. No. And now look where he's are. No, look, I suppose, look, at the start of the year, you live in your dream and you hope, but uh, in reality, I suppose, look, we were, we were in transition for the last couple of years and we were a mixture of a young team and, you know, the, the lads from our minor team, I do tell us, Nate and nine are kind of backbone and they'll be the veterans now, if you like, they're in their 30s now, 30, 31, you know, so. Yeah, but I mean, look, we, we set out like any team to with a dream of winning the county final and, you know, we're 60 minutes away from it now, I suppose. So, mm. yeah, uh, I suppose, did we think we'd be there? And being honest, I'd, I would say a lad would have locked me up if I, if I said I'd be in a county final this year against Tin Ireland. So, yeah. here we are. And it's great. It's great. It's great. The two teams are here. Yeah. You know. Um, at the start of the year, bringing in, uh, I suppose, I know he has strong football connections up in Muckalee. But bringing in Pat Offin, who everyone in Carlo associated with hurling and hurling only, that raised a few eyebrows at the start of the year. And now look at Pat Offin in the county final as well. Maybe talk us through the process of, of that happening. Um, and would you have saw it as a little bit of a gamble in the first place? Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I suppose we probably weren't the most attractive team for, for, for managers. Uh, we interviewed different people. Um, you know, Pado came along. We're very impressed with, he, with, with his uh, interview. His organisation skills were, were excellent. Was it a gamble? I suppose, of course it was. You know, it's from a hurling background. The boys keep telling me anyway, but I'm from Gilkenny, what would they know about football anyway? So we were in trouble straight away anyway. But no, he, yeah, absolutely. But he settled in well and, you know, he's worked very hard with the lads. He's a good background team behind him. And, um, you know, the, the players have driven it on with him. So he's taken to it. And so far, so good. So we'll see at the end of the day where we go. Mm -hmm. We'll give a shout out to Killian Roach. I had uh, the pleasure of working with Killian earlier this year as well, above in Cleshen, a fine goalkeeper, yeah. um, a fine S&C coach, and not too bad at the drills either. So you, you get a nice little um, background team together, I suppose. Yeah, well, look, you have Killian there, Billy Murphy, of course, years of experience as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so with Killian on the strength condition, it was, you know, we've had him a couple of years now and he's built the lads up over, over you know, a period of two or three years because it does take that time for young fellas to get him up to speed and up to strength. So, you know, with those guys in the background, you know, you have Snackbox there as well, the gas man with the players, like, you know, gentleman as well, like, so, Maura, Maura Murphy, our physio. So, like, you know, it's it's very strong. Noel Byrne is there as well and Pod the Wire, so it's a very strong background team. Yeah. Um, I told Pado, uh, actually, there was a voice note exchange last night between myself and Pado, and that was after the interview was done the day beforehand, but it was about Mr. Snackbox, because what Pal gained, the left wing back definitely lost. He was eyed up as a guest, not just here tonight, but for the championship altogether. And um, what do you call it? Pado said, 
you wouldn't probably see Brian Cody or his back room team going for enough for the match. And I said, yeah. But Kenny never had a character like Snackbox on the backroom team. <laughs> well, that's for sure. That's for sure. He's, he's certainly unique anyway. He's certainly yeah, unique. Yeah. One of a kind in fairness. Yeah, absolutely. But you need a lot of that around the place because ah, the yeah. players get on with him and they look forward to going to training when you have a bit of crack with him. They do, like yeah. That. And you know, they, the, the, the younger players talk to him and he's a bit of crack with him. Keeps him keeps the nerves down as well. So yeah. He's a good guy. So obviously this is a novel enough encounter, right? Um... It's a serious rivalry. It, it's uh, you could probably call it friendly as well. When all is said and done, it's a game of football, right? But when that ball is thrown in, it's far from friendly. What is the general vibe like out in Palatine this week? Actually, sure, look, it's it, I suppose you know it's delighted to be in the final, delighted to be playing Tin Ireland. It is a dream final in the West for both clubs. All the lads that know each other, you know, and uh, as Bernard said, that you know the parishes are inter- interlinked over the years as well. Like then, sure, look, I know Bernard well there over the years as well. Like so. So what's it like? Yeah, look, it's it's um, I suppose there's a daunting task ahead of us, um, but you know, I suppose they're going to think they're going to win, and we're going to think we're going to win it. So there'll be very little between us, very little between us. But a great buzz around the place, you know, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just ah, it's amazing because the the women obviously play with Benny Carrington, Ryan, they're all all together, and then the lads just want to go on. Not to say you one another. It's mad just yeah. the way the whole parish works. And look, yeah. my own parish is no different. Um, I was told. Today, that outside my house at the moment looks like a United Nations building. There's a Lachlan Bridge flag. There's no Lachlan flag, obviously, Lady Football Connection. And there's an Airbury flag. So all we're short, there's an EU flag, I'd say, and a few tricolors and different things. But anyway, that's the nature of Carlo, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, well, looks, look, I'm, I'm actually in the parish of Tinrylan where I live. And my good neighbour, John Delaney, is right beside me. So we have the PAL colours and we have the Tinrylan colours side by side. So it's good rivalry. I've good crack with him. I was talking to him there yesterday. Now He was cutting trees down to get up the flags and everything. And they're all brand new. I said, yeah, John, they're new ones, but you must have got much use for them ones over the years, did you? You know, so, very good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good crack. Yeah. Even up in Clashen, flags have made their way up there. There's a Lachlan Bridge flag, and there's a, a Palatine one right next door, because Mr. John Kenny's beside me. All right. So, yeah, there's yeah, an invasion yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's great colour around, I see around the town for Aska have some great colours up, like, obviously, you have all, all the roundabouts taken over in Tin, in Tin Island here as well, like, so it looks very well. And look, all the boys outside are in finals, like, and all. The lads in Fenna now, I'd say there's great colour out there as well in, in all the different places, Ballon, etc. It's great, lads, it's great to be in it, you know, Michael, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great feeling this weekend. I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend of football. Lastly, as uh, chairman of PAL, what does the next few days look like? Well, look, there, I suppose a lot of the work is done now. It was a very tough turnaround. With a week's turnaround, it was, was tough enough because you were trying to source flags and, and gear and stuff like that. Like that. You know, a, a week is a bit sharp, but... A lot of the work is done now, so you know, all the organisation is done. The players, look, they'll train tomorrow night. That'll be that'll be the end of it. And then after that, we can't do much more for them. It's outside the white line. It's up to them boys to bring the, bring the cup home. It is indeed. Yeah. Nicky, thanks a million for having us out with us. And the best luck to everyone on the panel. Nicky Power, ladies thanks and gents. Thanks very much. Cheers. Okay, so we are coming back to the senior final at the end because there's a few other people from Tin Ireland that we want to have a, a bit of a chat with. But we're going to turn our attention now to the intermediate final. Uh, senior final is obviously on Sunday, Netwatch Colin Park. 3.45, I think, lads, yeah? 4 o'clock, yeah. And before that is the Junior B final between Aska and St. Mullins. At 4 o'clock on Saturday, you have the Junior A final. That is Lachlan Bridge versus Clummore. And then after that at 6, you have the intermediate final between Fenna and Navon. Now... Um, I'm going to call upon Damien Jordan first, a good friend of the Left Wing Back podcast, to come up here and have a bit of a chat with us. <laughs> Evening, Demo. How are you, Kevin? How's things? How's all with you? Ah, sure, not too bad. Busy, busy all week. 
Are you going to be a dual selector that I hear uh, off the record with uh, County Minor Squads next year? I know, I've just seen the Mickey O had a not meeting there tonight, but I'll be trying my best now to get a few of them footballers in playing hurling with Carlo Miners this year. <laughs> so, mediator or troublemaker? What's the, what's the generous I'd say mediator, troublemaker sounds bad. <laughs> well, what people don't realise is a few weeks ago, um, Navon were taking on Grange in quarterfinal. And um, I was up in the terrace beside Demo here. I thought Demo was grand, you know, energetic and stuff like that. I thought he was going to jump in over the wire. It was unbelievable. Oh, man, your, your missus was tormented, I'd say. <laughs> Just going up and down, up and down, up and down. If you go to videos, yeah, for the whole thing, unbelievable stuff. But um, anyway, you, uh, you, you find it hard to, uh, to, to watch a match. I think you're a bit caro when you're playing somehow or another. Yeah, I find it a bit hard, Ashram. It's, it's easy to watch it from the, from the terrace side. You can see a few decisions that maybe went wrong, likes of Adam Kenny there, and I want to mention him this because he made a few bad decisions there in the semi-final as well, so hopefully he'll knock them out for the final, but no, it is, it, it is very tough watching, and especially I was involved for, involved there from the start of the league, but took a step back now just to, just to concentrate on, on myself and a bit of soccer now as well, so. Good man. And it was Michael playing decisions as opposed to referee decisions, yeah? Oh yeah, Michael playing decisions. No, oh, sorry, no, Mr. Hickey is down here now, you want to be very careful, so you would. Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go I'd straight back get, now, you could get in trouble. I'd never give out with Mr. Hickey or any referee in Carlo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, he's going up here now in a few minutes' time, so um, we'll see. Does he? We'll see. Does he do give a bit of giving out as well when it comes to the crunch? Nave won last weekend. In fairness, demo produced a virtuoso performance. I don't think many people saw that tally coming. I suppose five sixteen, uh, a local derby like. Um, it was impressive football. I think three wides, twenty four attempts, uh, and twenty one scores. Five sixteen total. Yeah, five, five sixteen is probably the most we've scored between hurling and football in the last two or three years together. So um, it was really impressive. In fairness, the lads have been working hard, doubling Mick out there. He's put a lot of work into shooting, a lot of emphasis all this week has been on shooting as well. So look, they didn't put a foot wrong to give them, to give them the credit where credit is due. So I think it was one wide in the first half, which is fairly impressive shooting. Yeah, not wrong at all. I think was Martin Clary responsible for the last two late on? I think he could have been. Uh, I, I don't like putting the blame on him, but I think, I, I think he was. I think he was trying to put a bit of finesse on the, on, on the game, but sure. Yeah. That's Martin. He's a bit of a character, so. Yeah. It was well finessed at that stage, too. So, it's not too long ago that Navon and Fenna played in a junior year final, I think 2018. Um, again, it's a local enough derby, obviously. Oh. And um, a, a friendlyish enough rival, you'd probably have a point or two blowing John Murphy's every now and then, and maybe the boys might find themselves up in, in Roberts's. Um, Whoever, obviously, is travelling on Monday is not going to be in good form. That's the, the simple way of putting it, isn't it? Ah, yeah, I'm driving through Fenna there all week and going, going, going to work there in, in the office in Carlo. And it's great, it's great to see the colours. i actually seen Mr Hickey out there on, it was a Monday, I think it was Monday night, I was driving over to the minor semi-finals in Fenna and there was a massive crew of lads out, out there. I was in Nurney today and the kids were out there, they're all, they're all shouting on. Actually, tonight, man, Paddy Regan was out there teaching in there today and they were wishing them the best look and everything. Driving by Newtown Dunneckley and, and Marish Brick is the colours up as well. So, no matter where you go, there's Fennel colours everywhere. So, with a bit of luck, we can come out on top on Saturday and I'll, I'll be able to drive by with ease there during next week. Should be, should be, it should be a cracking game of football then, shouldn't it? In fairness. Yeah, it should be. Um, I suppose the John Michael factor of missing John Mike now, he's flying out to America on Saturday morning for a family wedding. He's probably going to play. Is he, is he really? Oh, it's, it was confirmed, yeah. I, I think the push has come. Do you believe him, Fox? <laughs> oh, I, I think the push has come from an external factor now where he's told he has to go. So, um, so he was, he was, he was there down training last night, but now he's, he, he won't be there, he won't be there tomorrow night. But look, that's, that's, it's, it's leaving room for anyone else to step up and come in, like Sakee Hogan, like Martin Clowey, who didn't start the last day. So look, we'll have to just wait and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Prediction. 
I don't know. Um, she looks Fenna, bet us by nine points in the league final, bet us by nine points then again in the group stages. Going really hard to turn them over. Jack Tracy, Keegan Bradley going really well. Choo Choo, obviously, the other day was, I was phenomenal against Galavin as well. So I'd like, to, uh, I'm going to say Michael. But I don't know, I think that could be just because just of who I am. I don't know, but that, that's what I really believe. I wouldn't expect that unless. Demo Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Demo. David Higgy. David Higgy, step into my office here. Now, da David, has been, David has been after this gig for some time, lads. So now, now is your time to shine, Mr. Higgy. How is things with you, sir? Things are good. So, in the middle of all the many jobs that you are uh, responsible for, or lads are telling me you'll be doing anyway, you're also chairman of FENA. I am, yep. Yep. How have you found that this year? Is it your first term, or have you done it a few times before? I uh, know, it's my second year in now this year, so, yeah, sure, things are going well. Sure, like, I think every chairman knows, um, if you ever want to follow friends with people, become a chairman of a club, and sure, <laughs> you know yourself after that, you know. So, yep. yeah, so it's all good. No, we don't mind, we're driving it on out there. Yeah, you, still, you brought a few friends with you, so you didn't follow with everyone, anyway. See them boys down there, they're back up, so. They're back up. <laughs> Demo's under pressure now, boys. <laughs> yeah, well, Demo's not going to start a row with you, anyway, but uh, you, must just, you must have an awful impression of Demo altogether. <laughs> ah, he's already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for you then, this year, I suppose, um, being involved as chairperson, you were, were you over the team last year or was it the year before? No, um, it I suppose. Ago, was it? Yeah, a few years ago. So I suppose when we won the Intermediate Championship back in 2013. Mm. 2013, we had Paul Kenny was, was our manager. I was, I was uh, training the boys and my brother John was the chairman. And we won that in 2013, but unfortunately we didn't get a chance to go up senior because Carlo were restructuring the county okay. championships from 10 down to 8. So we ended up having to stay Intermediate, which was, you know, I suppose it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't really great. But look at it, I think teams fell out of the Intermediate back to Junior as well at that stage. So, this year, Paul Kenny is back again. He was back for his second year again this year with us. Um, my brother John is training the team, and I'm after putting in the role into chairmanship. So hopefully, we'll have the look again. That's it, yeah. That's it. Um, what's it? Just, that's, uh, I, I won't make the joke. No, it's not for Go ahead. I, I don't mean. It. No, it's not, it's not when, they, when they change roles the whole time. It's like, oh, it's your turn now next year. It's your turn. It was like someone said before, club laws, apparently now, this could be a conspiracy here. It used to work like that. It's your turn to win the next week. <laughs> I think everybody knows, I think the easiest job probably is to get into a chairman's role and the hardest job is to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, don't, so. I don't disagree with you. Um, I suppose this is all about um, a bit of fun and being a bit light-hearted, but as a referee, I have to ask you the question. Unfortunately, in the last couple of months, a number of referees have got clobbered at matches. It's not nice. The verbal abuse is one thing. That can occasionally not be nice either, but you probably prepare yourself for that. But there's absolutely no place in our sport for a lad coming up and putting a hand on a match official. It's dreadful what we're after saying. And there's already a shortage of referees. Like, this is not going to encourage anyone, is it? No, it's not. Like, I, I think people have to realise, like, um, us as referees are human beings as well, Kevin. You know, we make mistakes. Like, every day I go out and referee, I go out and make mistakes. Do we go out to make them on purpose? Absolutely not. You know, we, we, like, people can see it. When you're up on a height looking down at a match, you can probably see it a little bit different than, than um, I suppose, ground level. Like, we've that split second to make a decision. It's not even a second, you know, you have point one of a second and to make a decision. And, like, you're always going to be the F and this and F and whatever. But, like, I, I, I think that, I think it's absolutely myself, personally, with the way the GA rules are, I think it's, it's totally and utterly wrong, you know, where people can get a 96-week ban for going out and bursting a lad open. You know, a lad, like, if you were to do that on the street of Carlo, you, you could get the, you could get a court case for it, you could get the jail, you could be bound to the peace. But it, it seems to be an acceptable thing 
for people to come and vent all their fury at referees. Now look at Jesus, I'm no angel myself, like you know, I'm not you know, I'm not burying everybody here, but like at the end of the day, I think it's it's absolutely shocking what's after happening in Roscommon, you know, there's an incident happening in Wexford at the weekend and there's an incident in Mayo down in Kerry. You know, it's it's came, it's coming more and more and more popular with lads thinking they can come out and burst open a referee or abuse a referee. You know, the GEA have to come down and yeah, have to come down hard on them. I just think it's you know, thank God it's never happened to me. Mm. I hope it never happens to me. Because it's not a nice place for anybody to be like. Yeah. Uh, I could be open to this now, and again, I don't want to get completely political about it, right? But when that was announced in Roscommon, the 96-week ban, I went to try to find the reading or the ruling on it. So, am I right in saying the ruling is attempting to strike or striking as 96? Well, yeah, sure, it's because depending on what category that they're putting it under. So, you know, like, That's strike or attempting to strike, at the end of the day, if you're going to strike or attempt to strike a match official, you should get life. There should be no such thing as an 86-week ban or a 48-week ban. And let's get it straight here. Like, like He'll probably appeal that. Because mm. he'll be mad enough. He's mad enough to strike the referee. He'll probably be mad enough to appeal it. I think, hopefully, that their club will, won't back him or won't stand over him. But there's probably a possibility he might get that 96-week ban back to a 48-week ban. If that happens, it's criminal-like. Mm. I know there's a similar ruling for maybe striking a player in a match, right? And a player strikes another player. Attempting or, or going to hit him. Sometimes I wonder, like... Is that worthy of the same punishment? As in, like, should it not be, okay, right, if you hit my miss, I suppose, it's, it's still, you, yeah, you still tried to hit it, didn't you? Yeah, it's, you know it's, what either, I mean? like, it's either with force or, you know, or, or minimum force, you know, yeah. and so one carries a more heavier, heavier suspension than the other, like. Yeah, interpretation, I suppose, too. Uh, rough play, there's a couple of different rulings for that in, in the book, and I think sometimes I, I used to say, you can't give a lad a yellow for half hitting him, you either hit him or he didn't. It was red or wasn't. But there is a little loophole there with a rough player card, I think, somewhere. Someone might have told me before. It wasn't you, 100%. promise you it wasn't there with Iggy Fox. But is that in there somewhere as well? I look at it. It's an interpretation thing again, is it? It's an interpretation that comes down to the referee. If a lad strikes or attempts to strike in front of me, he's gone. End of story. And I think people <laughs> realise that anyone who sees me referee. If you, if, you do the, if you do the crime, you're going through the time with me. Like, I just, you know, I'm zero bullshit. And that's just it. Out the gap, you're going. Like. Yeah. And, you know, and it's up to the player. Like, it's not up to me. Like, I'm only there to implement the rule the best as I possibly can. Yeah. It's up to the player to behave. Yeah. The biggest thing, I suppose, is talking to players. Isn't it? Like, communicating with players. Talk to them like I'm talking to you here now. And I felt previously maybe that's where referees might have fallen down. That it was kind of a headmaster pupil thing. Right? It doesn't really have to be that way. Yes, you're in control and you're in charge. It's human versus human, too, so. Yeah, so the key, well, I don't know, like, every referee is different, but I know, I know the way, that I like refereeing, I like going around the field and, you know, if number five is on the yellow card, and going to number six or seven and say, hi, your man is on the yellow there now, he's under pressure. You need to calm him down or, you know, another mm. thing, get him off the field. If he doesn't calm down and he goes again, we go back to the rough play job, he's mm. a yellow card, he's gone. Like, I'll always talk to players around the field, I've absolutely no problem, because at the end of the day, you need to be having the players on your side. You know, you have to respect them the way they respect you. And that's the way I referee a game, you know. And it's up then to the, to the player then. If I'm, if I'm warning him, it's up to him whether he's going to heed that warning. If he doesn't, sure, he's gone. Yeah, the power is, the power is in his hands, I suppose, mm. the fellow said. Right, I'll bring it back to Saturday then. So, Fenna have obviously been heavily fancied this year. Um, and they have to live with the favourites tag now, even though Michael had that big win, right? I'd say from your point of view, you're hoping that game against Clevelland 20 goal, which was squeaky bum time occasionally, uh, will stand to the lads. Um, how do you see it going? Like 2018 is not that long ago, I suppose. A few players have come and go, perhaps. It is a good, strong, healthy rivalry. Will it be a good game of football? And will Fenno win, do you think? 
Yeah, well, I suppose in 2018, um, we were roaring hot favourites as well to beat, to beat, um, Navon and we didn't. Like, Navon came out two eight to one nine winners that night against us, that night inside in, in, in Carlo. Um, I just think, yeah, I, the favourites tag, I, I don't really buy into these favourite tags. Like, you know, you're either going to go out and perform or you're not going to perform on the night, like, you know, and I, I think there's as much pressure on, on Michel after knocking in 5-16 the last night as there was for Fenna to see, like, People are saying, uh, everyone I'm hearing is, Jesus Fenner were shocking poor last Saturday night against Kildavan. There's nobody giving Kildavan, gave Kildavan any, any credit for maybe how good Kildavan were like. Mm. You know, like we got through with Jet, but Jez were brilliant, we're delighted, that's why we're here with you tonight, maybe not someone from Kildavan. But like, it's, to me, it's always on the day. It's always on the day. Like some players might perform a little bit better than other players. You know, some players that you think might perform mightn't perform on the day. You know, like it's it just goes down to the individual themselves on it. Um, you're looking for me who's going to win. Sure, of course I'm going to say Fenn. Hundred percent I'm going to say Fenn. Sure, look at that's that's why I'm here. Paller going to say Paller going to win till Ryland till Ryland, and everybody's going to give you their their own opinion on it. But at the end of the day, like, uh, yeah, I think Fenn is going to win on on Saturday. But Damo thinks Michel is going to win, and and naturally enough, that's what he's going to say. You know, they are missing um, John Michael. We're missing Sean Murphy, Carmel Clumix, um, Sean Smithers. The boys are going out to, they're going to Dubai in the holiday. So, you know, I think they're going, they might go to Philadelphia with your man. So we're missing Well, the either of these teams have 15 at Hall of Wonder again. Ah, we'll, we'll, so we'll pull them out of, we'll pull them out of the fire somewhere. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. I see, I see Granny Murray down there with you as well. Um, it's funny, you were talking about merry-go-rounds and little triads and things and yourself and John and Paul. Granny was selected for Atlession last year, right? I was selected to start your Atlession this year. Granny was selected for Atlession at the end of the year. We won't say why. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you well, can sure. figure that one out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story anyway to everybody. Yeah, but sure, look at Granny Murray, the roaring fenna man too, like, you know what I mean? He was only brought across the border like myself, who collision woman, like, you know, <laughs> but he'll always be the fenna man. You uh, know? It, it leads to the demise of many a man, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. always does. <laughs> Women. <laughs> I'll be shot now. <laughs> David, thanks a million. No Much problem. appreciate. David, so, Hickey, cheers, thanks for look. Thank you. Thanks, thanks David. David. Uh, but before we go to the junior final, um, Mick Keogh is going to be KPMG, the independent observer. And we'll call upon him to come up here for a second, if he doesn't mind. Mick, obviously, a Tenoyle man in charge of St. Patrick's this year. How are you, sir? Very well, Kevin. How are you? Ah, sure. Not too bad at all. Um, you, you saw plenty of, uh, I suppose, Navon and, and Fenne, not just this year, I suppose, maybe over the last couple of years. Sure, yeah. How do you see this going? Um, in a word, Fenne, I have to say. Um, I think at the start of the year they were everybody's favourites I think that's for a reason I think they had three guys in in the county panel for the year and that doesn't include the like of Sean Murphy who was in with the county senior hurlers I think Sean Smithers is, is of inter-county standard as well um, you have other guys then the like of Cormac Lomax that is a very very uh, good player um, someone like Michael Murphy was an excellent minor and is really turning into a super player now and they have attacking threat from so many different positions. I think that's really a key thing, that they aren't relying on a, a single score in any way, shape, or form. They have threats all over the field, you know? Mm -hmm. Your experience with, with uh, Tolo over the last number of years, um, yeah. in, enjoyable. I believe you may have stepped away. Um, made great progress, I thought, from the outside in. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say I made progress all right. It was five years. And which kind of flew by, really. But I think then from any player's perspective, five years is a long time listening to one guy, whether you're getting on well with them or not. It's a long time, and it's probably a good time for kind of fresh blood coming in. 
Um, they've been in the last two quarterfinals in the Intermediate Championship, haven't come up from junior, so they've kind of consolidated there. So I'm happy enough then that it's a, it's, it's a good, good opportunity for St. Patrick's to push on there with someone new, you know? Yeah. Your own point of view now going forward, you're going to be over Carolina footballers next year. We heard yep. Demo uh, making reference to that there. That's it, yeah. Starting already, yeah. Yeah, so um, you're looking forward to it, no doubt. It's not your first time involved with County Minor setup. You were there with Ken Hickey in, what, 2016, 2017, maybe? It's 2017 or 18, yeah. and then under 20s the year after. And yeah. I've done it in yeah. niche before as well. And yeah. All, so, yeah. yeah, I've made loads of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still going back for more hardships as you. That's it. But obviously, look, it's still... We're only venturing into October, but you have to get the fundamentals together, I suppose, and hit the ground running. You do. I was in for a meeting earlier on this evening in the county grounds with Alan Roach, the, the hurling manager and the county chairman. And it's maybe it's, it's something the way you mentioned with referees there with David. The idea of the dual player, it's, it's a little bit sad that in counties like Carlow, where we are genuinely dual, we have as, a, as much of an interest in hurling and football. I know it's geographical, but there is fierce interest in both codes. And it's... I actually was checking it out. The minor hurlers played seven competitive games last year and the minor footballers played four competitive games. Now, they played other challenge games and things as well. But I just think it's a pity that we maybe take an approach that it's impossible to do both. Well, I'd like to look at why. How many games actually are we talking about? On the physical end of it, fast is fast, strong is strong. Then it's up to the hurling people to put the hurling skills on top of it and the football people to put the football on top of it. So certainly we're in meeting this evening, even though it's still September, we're in meeting this evening making sure that we can facilitate lads that want to try and do both. Yeah. You're very much of uh, the modern scientific factual approach as well, right? And it's interesting and I suppose refreshing to, to hear you say that because um, I'm not going to tire everyone of that mind with the one brush, but some people would probably say there is no place for uh, someone to play both. So with you having that background, it's actually nice to hear that. You've explained why. Why do you think people would have an alternative opinion of that. Selfishness. Yeah? Yeah. Bottom line is selfishness, and I think maybe people approaching something as in, as managers or coaches thinking, uh, X guy is my player. They're nobody's player. They're players. And if you have a guy that's good enough to represent the county in both codes, that should be something that should be feel positive about and good about. The overtraining end of it and that kind of thing, you might talk about overtraining is only under-recovered, so I think if there's a way of, like, maybe it won't be possible, but I think making that, making that decision in September or October for games happening in April, it's a bit foolish. Mm -hmm. So I think if you approach it from the point of view of, well, let's try it and see how we go, yeah. and both sets of management approach it with an open mind, but sure, let's see. Yeah. W would you carry that same opinion for senior level um, with, with that regard to the dual players, or is there a difference? No, I think there is a difference when it comes to senior. I think the demands of senior at inter-county level, certainly, it really is a full-time job. And I think doing a full-time job on top of your day job and then adding in a second full-time job, I think that really is very difficult. I think minor is different. I think the most you'd ever ask any minor to come together uh, as a group would be three, maybe four times in a week. At senior inter-county level, it is a full-time job. I don't think, especially if you're aspiring to win mm. anything, I don't think it's possible at senior level, no. Right. So if you were to split that, you just think you're falling between two stools, maybe, is it, or like... As a, as in, a, as in a senior of, player? Yeah. I just think the demands and the level of preparation, I think, I, I, I think at senior level, like at senior level, guys are holding down jobs. They're in college, they're traveling, uh, they aren't living at home with the support of, of mom and dad or whatever the situation is. They're fending for themselves. I think at, at minor level, it is very different. These lads are, are essentially school-based. 
they're getting they're, they have great support networks at home. Um, I think I think it's whatever about it being possible at underage level. The older you get and the further you go up, no, I don't think it is possible at, at senior level. But that's all the more reason why at minor level you would try and facilitate it because ultimately it's all about preparing these lads for senior. So at, to, to make a decision at 17, I'm a hurler or a footballer, you might be cutting off your nose to spite your face. And ultimately we all want the same thing, which is successful teams for Carlo. Mm. You know? Mick, we'll definitely get you on the podcast for a, for a chat on this. Um, okay. Really appreciate you coming up here to, to speak to us here this evening. I'll, I'll get a word on the senior final as well. I'm not forgetting, Tin Ireland obviously is your, is your own club, so what's, what's the thoughts on that? I was thinking about it all day. So I'm thinking about it since last weekend, obviously. It's, it's so hard to call. You have, Tin Ireland are very good defensively. I think they've been so composed. I keep thinking back to the Aero game with the missed penalty, and you had a sense that time going, geez, this could be, here we go. But they were fantastic. The late score from Danny Morn the composure in the first half against Rangers, when it wasn't going great. I mean, the longer you go without scoring, you can become nervous, you can become tense, but they didn't. On the other side of it, Palatine have great scoring threat. Kieran Moore back is a huge plus. He's a bull there charging around the field. He, he's going to cause problems. They have scoring threat from Shane O'Neill to Connor Crowley to Brian McMahon, new kid on the block, so to speak. It's intriguing. I think it might come down, it might come down to a mistake. It might come down to whoever makes the fewest mistakes on the day. But... I think we're in for a great game. The other thing I'd say about in relation to the scores, this is on my mind a lot as well, actually, about there was so few scores. It's the quality of the scores. Ted Joyce scored a point in the first half, I never said anything like it. Hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. Chris Nolan scored one off his left foot. Is, gee, you're going, is he left-footed? Paul Broderick scores. You talk about expected scores. It's expected if you're Paul Broderick to put the ball over the bar from there, but how many other guys can do it? What about Danny Moran's score, which hmm. is getting forgotten about in the whole thing? And hmm. He's been popping up with huge scores, from okay. Airog to Baglandstown to the last day as well. So the number of scores is one thing. The quality of the scores is actually very high. Yeah, Danny's turned them from, I suppose, an exception to the norm now this year in terms of what he's doing with us, uh, well, long-range efforts. He's yeah. making a habit of it. And the, yeah. the winner against Airog is the one we remember. He scored one extremely similar to it just beforehand to level, I think. That's right, yeah. He scored a cracker against Baglandstown. Mm. And the, uh, he scored a really super score just inside the 45 there. Mm. Uh, in amongst the, the kind of Paul Broderick uh, bonanza there in the second half. So mm. it's the quality of the scores is really high quality. And when it comes to senior, you'd probably put them in the late bloomer category because, you know, underage you would have played in goal for a while, mm. would have played a lot of junior, yeah. and then I don't know how much senior he'd play before he went in with the county. But, yeah, but he's flying it. He's, he's finishing on a high, fingers crossed. You know, he's coming, mm. he's coming at the right time, coming right at the right time, Kevin. That's what life's all about. Good stuff. Mick, yeah. thanks a million. Mick, you all, ladies and gents. Right, so we're going to move on to the Junior A final. Uh, Paul Byrne of Clonmore is in attendance. Paul, you might pop up to us here for a quick chat, and we'll give him a round of applause as well. How, oh, sir? How's tricks? Not too bad. It'd be hard to follow Mickey, wouldn't it? He's a very polished individual. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're polished enough yourself. Ah, Abrasive on the pitch, polished off it. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it's not just the, the Clonmore first team preparing for a big game. I believe you might be playing a, a bit of a, a game of importance yourself tomorrow, and I literally mean yourself. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know now. I think uh, I'll have to see many more points by one of the selectors down there. I see Clive is sitting down there to see if he can get me 20 minutes maybe. But yeah, look, it's like, it's like everybody, I suppose. You know, numbers run short in clubs, and suddenly maybe lads find themselves uh, getting off the couch and going filling in in a league match or something like that. And then suddenly, you know, there's a semi-final, and you realise that, you know, 
in order to maintain the panel, you have to tug out again. But yeah, it's great. Sure, it's brilliant to be back in dressing rooms and knocking around and having a bit of crack and all the rest. So yeah, brilliant. So uh, I think yeah, we're down in we're down in Bagnestown tomorrow evening. I think there's been a there's been a couple of changes uh, to the uh, to the fixture and the, and the venue. We were sort of holding out a little bit for Crow Park because there was after been about three or four options given and changes and moving and all that type of stuff. So we assumed that was going to be one of the options eventually. So. I'll see what happens between today and tomorrow now. It might not end up there at all. <laughs> now, is there money off that junior seat team or junior A team going to Dubai or America or any of these places, or is that just... Nah, we, we, <laughs> we, we won't be bothering with that sort of excuse at all, no. Most, any, anyone available to us is available to us, and anyone who's gone is gone, and that's just a simple fact, you know. A day trip to Curret Law or something Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Our, our lads don't go anywhere during championship. They're very dedicated to our fellas, you know. Yeah. Clunmore, first team, this year. Hmm. Favourites, heavy, mm. impossible to beat, Manny would say. Um, it's a serious, uh, I, I'm going to call it a burden because that favourites tag is a burden, right? And the lads are probably trying to stay away from all the noise of this and, and just trying to play football. I'd say probably the best thing that might have happened to Moore and the worst thing that might have happened to Lachlan Bridge was to Ireland giving them plenty of it last week and uh, only for a few bits and bobs, Moore were in big trouble in that game. Yeah, but I, I don't know, like... Semi-finals are just about getting over the, over line. the line. You yeah. know, semi-finals are not not pretty. And and look at you can you can beat teams by whatever amount in group games or whatever. But you know, football is about the knockout games and it's about getting over the line. And there's really genuinely only two games that matter, and that's semi-finals and finals. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have to say, full credit to Tin Ryland last week. Uh, probably a lot of people didn't maybe expect it from outside, but certainly from from our point of view, you know, yeah, as you say. Most of the county would have clawed more as favourites probably from the beginning of the year. Um, you know, racked up some brilliant performances, maybe didn't match that last week. Um, but certainly going into that game, anybody involved around the club would, would would have had it in the back of their mind that, you know, it's not going to be easy. Knockout game's not easy. And no matter what grade or level you're at, um, you know, it, it, it's not any easier. And whether it's Carlo, Wicklow, Kildare or whatever, semi-finals or semi-finals, they're not pretty. Um, in most cases, and really, you just want to get over the line, and and you know, our lads have, have have done that, and they've achieved what they wanted to achieve, which is to be playing in the final on Saturday. That's it. The lads always uh, were involved with the me ladies team. Are right in saying that? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Paul and Kieran uh, were involved there. Yeah, and we, we, we How did that come about then? Getting them down to your well, neck of the woods, or what's well, the story? They're, well, they're relatively local insofar as they're they're, they're in Boston last, you know. So okay, I suppose, I didn't uh, realise that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, Paul is obviously a, a mead man. Uh, and uh, you know well, he's 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 a GDA there in Wicklow on that as well. Right. So, okay. You know, so they're, so they're, they're living they're living locally enough in that sense. But uh, mm. certainly, um, you know, a major enough coup to get them though. In, in 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 reality, you know, a lot of experience there, and you know, we've seen what what Mead ladies did, and you know, brought a, I think they brought an absolute focus on ladies football. In fairness, um, that maybe had hadn't been there and it shone a light on it, and I think uh, it's done done the world of good for ladies football. I think Mead have uh, to be fair. Um, so you know they're there, there with, with with Philip Cullen uh, and also Paddy Dowling, who's the uh, goalkeeping coach. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been really good so far. But you know all that counts for nothing if you don't get over the line on Saturday. And I'm sure I'm sure you're the same. Lock the bridge, you know. Everyone is looking forward to it. Um, but it's all about winning. Simple as that, you know. How did the Galatasaray tag sit with Clomore after being baptised by Mr. Bambrick? Uh, we, we actually got a great crack out of that, actually. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think in fairness to Mr. Bambrick, he does come out with some excellent one-liners. Uh, and I suppose maybe, maybe uh, 
in his own experience of coming over, maybe it wasn't too far wrong, you know. Uh, but we're, 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 we're a nice crew now. We're very welcoming sort of people, you know. Yeah. No, you guys, <laughs> hard, hard and fair. And I tell you, if it, if it got down to the nitty gritty, um, there was only going to be one team coming out on top. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, you picked up a battle injury over there. Yourself on two bad injuries yeah, against Tom yeah, Moore. Yeah, 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 a few bad injuries. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Under 12, uh, triple leg break. Um, then decided to go back playing a bit of football four years ago. Went over to Tom Moore, made bits of the ankle. Um, so a great track record, yeah. And uh, I suppose one one of the few reasons, I suppose, maybe that uh, that maybe I'm not with the Lockdown Ridge Club. If I was playing Saturday, I'd be looking to come out there live. I'd say, and it's more than these bad boys. I say you'd probably want to sell one. <laughs> but but no, listen, just an unfortunate thing against uh, against Clonmore. But I was quite well looked after that time in 2018. I have to say, in fairness, and there was something even in the paper the following week, which was a nice nice touch. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was well looked after. Yeah. Um, hard, fair. Um, but if you want to mix it. E-boys will mix it, and that's not a bad thing either, is it? No, and in fairness, you know, like obviously our big target is 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 to go back uh, up to, to to intermediate, and you know, I think the day of probably mixing it has nearly gone out of football to some degree. It's, it's football is you know very tactical now. I know you're talking about analytics in terms of uh, Tid Ryland and stuff, but it's 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 very tactical. Um, you know, the it's quicker. Um, you know, you get guys. Everybody around clubs at the minute, I say every club is the same. You get guys talking about, you know, the difference between football now and, you know, maybe 40 years ago or 50 years ago, and people have opinions about what it was like then versus what it's like now. But the truth of it is, no matter what level of football you're playing uh, at the moment, the amount of effort uh, that guys are putting in here, there's just no comparison with what may have happened in the past. And I think every year it's just increasing, increasing, increasing. You know, you know, we're obviously a junior A club, the same as yourselves. Um, you, know, m- you know, more training sessions than you could probably count. Um, and I think, you know, if, if, if you look at what happens then at intermediate level and, and senior level, I'd, I'd say, you know, all levels are putting in nearly the same effort at this stage, you know. Massive, yeah. massive, massive commitment. It is, it is. And I think the, the one thing that I learned a little bit this year too is the amount of time that is now involved if you're going in, even as a selector, coach, whatever this video, it is literally 30 to 40 hours. The easiest part I found was actually going to the pitch. Funnily enough, everything else outside that, it's fairly heavy, like. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, you know, if you happen to be, uh, you know, a selector, and, you know, at the minute, obviously, uh, you know, the, the local selector we'd have is, is, is Philip Cullen, but you're, you're knocking around the locality. You're, you're, you're dealing with questions. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with opinions. You're dealing with all of those things. Um, the easiest job is probably for the fellow who is maybe has a bit of distance between himself and the club and sort of drives in and drives out. Uh, yeah. he, do, he doesn't necessarily get as much of it, but... Certainly, if you're if you're in the locality, I think yeah, it's it's, it's not nice at times. <laughs> ah, look at look at that. Put themselves forward, yeah, um, because they want to improve things in, in in a club or whatever else. And look at you know you know what what you're taking from that, and you know exactly what you're going to get. It's as simple as that, you know. But look, everybody has opinions, and and, and that's fine. And look at without them, you know, it'll be all a bit too perfect, you know. That's the whole of it. It's nice to be on the outside giving them, but when you're on ah, the inside receiving it them, it's not know, nice times. Even ourselves now, you know, we, we, we sit at the match on, on, on Saturday and we look down and, you know, as I think Davey said, you know, you're up on a height, you can see things that the referees can't see, you can see things definitely that players can't see and you're wondering to yourself, you know, why did he do that, why did he not do that, but, you know, it's a, it's a completely different ball game when you're down there at pitch level and the pressure that comes with that, whether you're an official, whether you're a player, whether you're a mentor, totally different, totally different. Different ball game altogether. Uh, just while we have you here as well, um, 
the games in terms of coverage at the weekend, the senior final is on the radio on KSLR, the intermediate final is on the radio on KSLR. We're going to do an audio stream of the junior A final. So if you're not going around, actually, we might be into you some stage if you're not too busy. We'll see, what, we'll see what pans out. And we'll do the junior B final on Sunday as well. Um, because a junior B final, in my eyes, for first teams, is every bit as important as a junior A, a senior, or an intermediate. It's their first team, it's their club, and especially for them as well. So That's everything is worthy of being covered. Oh, absolutely. And, and look at it, whether it's the first team, or their second team, or their third team. You know, once it's a final, that 20 lads or 22 lads, that's what they set out to win at the beginning of the year. And, and you know, irrespective of the grade, that's the most important thing to them on that weekend. And that's the way it should be treated. And, you know, I think, I think there, is a, there is a need to highlight every code and every grade uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to finals. And irrespective of whether it's A, B, C or whatever else, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're important to the fella that's playing and they're important to the people that are shouting for them. And are important to the mentors that are involved, yeah. And enjoying it, most importantly, Absolutely. regardless of what Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Prediction? Look, it, you'd have to say on form, uh, definitely more. but obviously, uh, as you know, I'd, 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 be a, I'd be a good pal of, of a guy you were interviewing last night, Mr. Mr. Farrell. And, uh, you know, one thing I do know is, is he will certainly have, you know, done a lot of research and he will have looked at every aspect of the game. And I think, to be fair to him as well, he will set up... Uh, in a manner in which uh, he believes can yield the most benefits for Lachlan Bridge. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be close, it'll be tight. Uh, as I think somebody said earlier on there in terms of, you know, who makes the, the least amount of mistakes. Um, but look, naturally enough, on a personal level, I'd be hopeful enough uh, and I'd be confident enough, I think, that Tom Moore will, 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 will prevail. But, you know, as you say, the semi-finals and... At, in, in, at various levels, I know, I know Davey mentioned it as well, you know, you know, they were all about getting over the line, so I wouldn't read anything into them. I wouldn't read anything into them, I think. I think the, uh, the best team and the, and the form team will, will, will come to the top on, on Saturday. Yeah. Good stuff. Paul, thanks a million. No bother. Much appreciate. Great to chat to you. Paul Byrne. Paul. Paul. Come on. Thank you. I think... I think Mick Byrne is hiding down the back. Mick, would you come up and have a quick chat with us? If not, I'm just going to go down to you anyway, so whichever way it works. Um, I don't know if Brendan has held the pan back, but I'll just get a quick word with Mick. Uh, Mick is a little bit shy with these things, but you're the only Lachlan man I can see here at the moment. It wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan, but sure, look, I, uh, plans go out the window. Was it? You have a plan until you get a box in the face or something like Tyson used to say. Um, the buzz in Lachlan Bridge is big, no different to anywhere else, I suppose. And um, it's the first time the club has been in I suppose, a first-team final since 2005. 2009 was the last time they were in a final in general, I think. So it's obviously a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. The place is buzzing. You can see them all out, putting the bunting and the flags and everything are flying at the, at the minute. A very big deal. We don't get too many finals, and we don't win too many finals. If you go back, there's a little bit of history in the, in the program for Saturday, and if you, if you go back through it, you'll see that... Uh, Back in the 20s and 30s, 1920s and 30s, there were in, I think, nine senior, nine senior championship finals and lost eight of them. They only won one. So our record of getting to finals is, is, you know, we don't get to too many. And like I said, we don't win too many. But we're going in with hopes high, but not... We know what to expect as well. We've played Clonmore three times this year. Um, the beat is by an average of 17 points. So that's a big gap to make up for the final. We have a bit of momentum going into it. We're after winning four championship matches on the trot, which doesn't happen too, 
too often in Lachlan Bridge either. We have a good bunch of young lads. They're a common team. They're in the semi-final for the last two years. Strong favourites two years ago and beaten, by, beaten surprisingly by Tin Ryland after giving them a good beating in the league. But we ran Grange to two points last year and Grange were the team in the Junior A last year. So we're going in with a good bunch of young lads. We have a couple of lads like Val Fleming to bring the age profile up a bit. Uh, and pa Packy, the brother, and maybe Shane Farrell to a lesser extent. But the bulk of the team is under 25, and I'd say the future is bright. Maybe Sunday might be a step too far, but we'll definitely give it a good go. Big, big boys. One man, I suppose, it would be remiss of us not to mention him, that would be in serious form this week, is Palou, Paul Monaghan. He would be up 290. Yeah, absolutely. Like... Um, when that had been going on, for when the buds had start, he'd be definitely um, head, neck and arms in everything. He was, For anyone that doesn't know, he was the man that sat on the veranda in Lachlan Bridge, the caretaker of the grounds. He died, um, I can't remember, it was 20, 2014 maybe, in around, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about eight years ago, his anniversary being November. Uh, he was the caretaker of the ground, he was there. 364 days every year. The only day he took off was Christmas because he went up to his sister in Ballinabrana for the dinner. And uh, he was back the next day. And uh, um, he would love this. Absolutely love this. Uh, it's an awful pity he's not around. Absolutely. A legend. Uh, I, know, I know the word gets thrown out there, but that man really was a legend. Um, just, I suppose, the expectation is, is Clonmore. What's McBurn's prediction? I am... Hopeful. Um, I suppose you mentioned it to Paul Bourne up there uh, about the semi-final where um, Tin Ryland gave him a good rattle. We'd hope to give him an equally good rattle in the final. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be making any predictions. I mean, on all known form, 17 points of a gap is a huge amount to, to make up. Everything will have to go right for us. We can't let Clonmore get the good start that they got against us in the, all the other three games because that will only give them co increased confidence and then we'll be, we'll be on the back foot straight away. So we have, to, we have to make sure they don't get a good start. Everyone on the Lachlan team has to play to their absolute limit and we have to cut out the mistakes. We're making too many mistakes in all our matches. We allowed the semi-final to go into extra time when there was no, no necessity whatsoever, really, by, by making mistakes. So we have to cut out every mistake and like... All things in a final, you also need that little bit of luck, which, you know, because uh, on the day, you do need that bit, bit of luck as well as everything else going right for you. Mick, thanks a million for chatting to us. Mick Bourne, ladies and gents. <laughs> now, I saw, I saw Vinnie O'Brien knocking around somewhere. He's, he's, gone, he's gone missing on me. So I might come back to uh, Tin Island for the moment. I see Ned Dean nearby. Ned, you might come up and have a... Quick little chat with us here, if you don't mind. How are you keeping? All good? All good. How are you? Ah, sure. Busy, busy. You were, you were nice and calm a few days ago when I called out here first to do a bit of a recce of the room and, and see how things are. What way are you now? Uh, still calm and confident. Still calm and confident? Yeah. You played, you played in a good few finals in your time? I didn't play that many. Ah, you did play one or two anyway. One or two. Yeah, yeah. and you won a hat-trick in Crow Park as well in a schools game, was it? 
had a good day in Crow Park, a, a fluke, but sure. When they, when they come around, I was lucky and everything. Do you know what game it was on before? Or it was on after your game? It was before oh, Sunday game, yeah? I do, yeah. What was it? Kerry and Mayo in the National League final. Cheney. And you yeah. scored a hat-trick? And I was lucky I got the hat-trick that day. It's one of them days when everything works out for you. When you think of Tin Ryland, when you think of Tin Ryland, and I've I've looked at different programs down down through the years and stuff, how common it was at one stage for Tin being finals, and the gap now between I suppose the last one, and maybe the one before that, I don't think people would have thought in '81 it was going to be this long before they'd be back. Um, I suppose, and, and hoping to to add another one if they do add another one, that is. It's very hard to believe it. I was talking to some of my teammates here tonight, and uh, we just can't. It is unreal, and it's, that time is after flying around, and it's <clears throat> it's hard to believe that it's that many years since we were in a won a final, and uh, especially like you know you talk about tradition, and I probably came up listening to tradition because the last time uh, Tin Ryland and Pal played in 1950, my dad was playing, and same uh, uh, it was a sellout nearly, and it was a draw the first day, and. Uh, as far as I know, Joe Gormer's not here now to confirm it. We, we won the replay. And uh, I can't believe that it was 21 year. But we came up, you know, we talk about tradition. That's what probably tradition was about that time. We all came up wanting to do what the people before us done. And it, we, I can't believe that it's so many years, since 1981, since we won it. And none of my teammates that there can believe it either. But uh, we hope to uh, put that right on Sunday. Mm. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to have a chat with Eamon Bourne as well. What uh, what will it come down to Sunday? And what's your prediction? I thought, uh, set, was it Mick or one of the lads said earlier here in the podcast about um, mistakes, I'd say. And, you know, it happened the weekend there, the two semifinals. You know, um, uh, the best forward, Rat Billy, had, had to go off and they got a sending off. And, you know, in our match then, that kick out from the goalie from Rangers, I'm not so sure how the game would have went after that, but we were in a good place and that goal was really to drop us on, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was a big, big turning point in the game, I thought. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what it could come down to. They're two very evenly... Match teams, you know. Mm-hmm. And so on the day. So you'll take Tin Island by a point? Any day. <laughs> <laughs> Nadine, thank you. Thanks very much. We have a chat with you. Evan Byrne is going to chat with us here. And uh, we're, we're nearly at the tail end of the programme. We have a couple of other little bits and bobs to, to, uh, to tie up. But uh, we're nearly there. Eamon Byrne, how's things? Kevin, how are you doing? Ah, you're flying it. Great, great to be chatting to you here. Um, you're a man who, I suppose, is, is steeped in Tin Ryland history and with knowledge of Tin Ryland in general. And um, you've seen some, I suppose, good and bad things maybe, maybe happen over the years, and in particularly in, in county finals. Your memories of Tin Ryland in county finals in general, good, bad or indifferent? Well, I suppose um, my, my first memory of Tin Ryland in a county final was the 71 final. And as Ned alluded to there, we had a gap of 21 years from 1950 to 71, and we played um, Kildavan in the 71 final. We weren't favourites, but we, we got across the line. 
And the following year in 72, we played, uh, we got to the final again, and we beat Airog. Um, a famous goal scored by a famous man from this club, Mick Yang Farrell. And uh, it was, it's an iconic goal because it was, um, it was photographed, and himself and Andy Ellis, the great Airog goalkeeper, uh, the action shot appeared in a lot of the media at the time, you know. So that was that was that final, the '75 final. Then we were going for three in a row in '73, but unfortunately we had a a bad day down in in Kildavan against Grange, and um, I think it was John Brown scored something like 14 points against us that day. So that 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 destroyed the three in a row. We got back into a final in '75, and uh, we played a uh, Navon in a low-scoring game, and uh, we got across the line then, and we were hanging around the semi-finals then up to 79, when we qualified for the final again, and we played Airog. And lucky enough, that day, uh, we gave Airog a good beating. I think we beat them by something like nine points. And that led on then to... There was a couple of under-21 successes around that time. We got a three in a row, under-21s. Uh, an unusual one to do the treble was we got a walkover in a final, which is very unusual. But we got a walkover against uh, um, Bagnellstown at the time. And that got us into the 1981 senior final. And um, there was skin and hair flying in the first match there. It ended in a draw. A um, couple of sendings off, a couple of injuries, and we got across the line. Something like one, one six to six points in the in the final. And back in '71, we were singing a song called "21 Years is a Mighty Long Time." It was uh, I think a fella called Dermot Higarty had it. Uh, it was a hit in Ireland. It was a country and western song. Now this week we'll be singing "41 Years is a Mighty Long Time." <laughs> so. Um, you know, it's hell of been. It's been a quick forty-one years, but uh, we've only been in two finals since nineteen ninety-two, and we gave a good game to the great Airog team that subsequently went on and won five or six Leinsters oh, yeah, yeah. and got the two All Ireland finals, and we were in then in the final in two thousand eleven. And uh, managed by a great manager here called Martin Murphy, who has had great success with Port Arlington in Leash and Stradbally in Leash. Mm -hmm. And um, we lost by a point. That year we were kind of adopted by RTE. In a, they had a radio kind of, a, you know, th those type of reality yeah. TV, t radio shows. Is Paddy O'Shea related? Paddy O'Shea yeah. was the, our mentor. And uh, I suppose looking back on it, it may or may not be a distraction, but uh, anyway, all Auckland got across the line and they beat us by a point that day. So it's been another 11 years until next Sunday. So hopefully now we'll, we'll get across the line. But we're, not, we're under no illusion that um, Palatine will be formidable opponents. And uh, I, I take a one-point win. Go on, go on. Can I just ask for... Um, <clears throat> A strength and a weakness, I suppose, uh, where, where you see it go. What's your, what's your worry and what's your, your optimism, I suppose, from a Tynan man's point of view? If I was from Tynan, I would say probably Paul's pace on a counter-attack would be the thing that would concern me the most if the ball doesn't go dead. 
Do you share those sentiments I or have you any fears yeah. at all? I, w I would, and I'd also share the sentiments that I suppose our scoring rate hasn't been great, but on the other hand, to balance that out, our defence has been excellent in, in, in all the matches against Ballinabrana, against uh, Air Oak, and against Bagnallstown. I mean, we held Air Oak scoreless for something like uh, 28 or 29 minutes hmm. in the second half, you know. Not easy done. No, it's a long time since a Tin Ryland team held their Oak scoreless for that long, you know. But uh, it's going to come down on Sunday and there will be surprises, I would imagine. It, it probably won't go the way everybody is thinking the script will go. And um, we, have to, we have to score. We have to score and we, we didn't score anything in the first half last Sunday. And we got across the line then with a, a very good second half with fresh legs as well. Mm -hmm. So you're you're confident when it comes to the crunch that Tinrain are going to get the job done. I am, and it, it 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 may even have to go to a replay. It'll be that close on Sunday. It could be a replay, like 1950. But uh, is shaking his head. Um, he doesn't want a replay. Um, I don't think Nicky Parrell want one either, or anyone involved. I I I I I think it'll be there'll be a point or two in it anyway. Yeah, if, if, way. if it's not a draw, and but I, I I'm confident that we'll we'll have the cup. Good stuff. Eamon Byrne, thanks a million. We'll get you on for a longer chat another time. Thank you, Eamon. Much appreciated. Okay, we're just coming to the tail end of the, the programme, folks. Um, before, before we get to the very end of it, um, there is something we would like to do here. Um, the clubs involved in the county finals this weekend got together in conjunction with Carlo GA to make a presentation to Aisht Carlo. So here this evening is Lorna McGrath Ovation. I'd ask Lorna to come up, please, if that's okay, Lorna. And we'll make a presentation here. There you go. That's for yourself. Thanks so much. You do serious work. We do. Um, so we provide emotional support and practical help to anyone that's affected by cancer. And I suppose there's, not, there's no one in this room that doesn't know someone who's impacted by cancer every day. So we kind of receive a lot of referrals when patients have gone through treatment in the hospital and then they're released, kind of go back to their life and then it hits them that, you know, what if this happens again? What am I going to do? And that's when we come in to support people um, through counselling, through complementary therapies and our support groups. And we also support young children. So, you know, if you're a parent and you have cancer and you're worried about your child, we also do support groups for them as well. And we actually have a program starting next week as well. And it's for 5 to 12-year-olds. So, you know, we kind of support everyone in the Carlo community. And I just want to say thank you so much to Bernard and all of the clubs that have supported Aged here tonight. We fully rely on um, sponsorship, donations, and fundraising to run our service. And um, that allows us to have our service free of charge as well for anyone that comes in. So we're just really um, delighted to be able to help as many people as we can and the services there for the community. Fantastic. Lorna McGrath, well done. Thanks a million. And keep up the good work. Fair play. Fantastic cause. And well done to all the clubs involved as well. So we're at the, the end of the programme, folks. Um, from my point of view, I want to thank all the clubs here tonight, the representatives who come up and spoke, and everyone that's been communicating over and back, as well as with myself and, and Bernard throughout the week. I rang Bernard Mullen on Monday morning. He told me to give him a ring to Steve O'Mara. wanted to chat to me. And uh, lo and behold, uh, a chat with Steve O'Mara was on the agenda and then a live up for the match broadcast where the first time broke out. And um, to say we were nervous, or I was nervous at different stages during the week, 
was an understatement. Um, it was a, a mammoth task with only two and a half days to do it. Uh, Brendan Joyce very much at the forefront of it as well because Brendan's done different things up and down the country stream-wise, but I was tormenting him about sound. So the sound guy, and I don't mean sound, some lads would say I'm not sound, and the video lad had to get married. It wasn't a happy marriage for a few days, but we got there in the end. We got our stream out, and we got you guys here, and I really hope you've enjoyed it this evening, folks. Give yourselves a nice big round of applause. So as we come to the, the end of the, the program, um, we just want to give a shout out to the sponsors again. Uh, Seamus Bourne Electrical, number one for floodlights. And again, we have you here in the flesh. Thanks a million for, for calling. And Eamon, thanks a million as well. Uh, I was liaising with you initially on that, so really appreciate the support. Without that, our podcast is nothing, lads. So thanks a million. Uh, Scats Bouncing Castles, Fine Framers, The Barber's Barbershop, Recovery Hub and Carlo, J&J Services, Milano's Takeaway and Bagnestown, Carpenter's Bar and Lounge, Ray Wheel and Limited, Precision Media Productions, and Baravision Studios here as well. Thanks a million again, folks. Much appreciated. Big coverage coming your way over the weekend. Teams of the year and all to be picked Monday night. I hope we don't have to delay them, lads, so no replays, please. But uh, we're back with over, over the weekend with the Junior A, the Junior B, and we're back possibly Sunday evening, but if not Monday, with a review podcast as well. So until then, take care. Thanks for tuning in.